The Tennis Gambling Podcast on the Sports Game Podcast America is brought to you by Game Time. Snag takes without the stress. Use promo code CFBX on your first purchase. Save $20 down the Game Time app and use promo code CFBX. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Play the Underdog Pick'em in college or the NFL. It went up to 20 times your money in one game. Plus, every Sunday, they're giving away $100,000. Use promo code SGPN. Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus up to $500. We're also brought to you by VEASAN. Sign up now and save 40% off their football season special when you use promo code SGP. VEASAN.com slash subscribe, promo code SGP. Finally, we're brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit HOFBets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Welcome, everybody, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Game Podcast. Now, it is currently Wednesday evening, September 27th, and I'm your host, as always, Scott Reichel, once again, going solo for this pod. Should be a fun episode. we got two tournaments to preview, both on hard court. We have one 500 event taking place in Beijing and one 250 event taking place in Astana, Kazakhstan. So we're going to preview both those events. We're going to do Beijing first because the matches actually start first on Thursday morning. Then we'll get into Astana, so keep an eye out for those two events. Should be fun. I will admit, though, there will be differing levels of talent at each event because Beijing, since it is a 500, has a significantly bigger prize pool. In fact, the prize pool in Beijing is roughly $3.6 million. As for Astana, roughly $1 million. So a lot of the top-tier players are in Beijing, and you will notice a drop-off when I mention the odds for the quarters and for the overall outrights to win the events. The favorites in Beijing are significantly better than the favorites in Astana. Keep that in mind. We'll get into those two events in a second. Before we get into any of that, do want to recap how we did in the last episode. We did have a couple of final matches to preview, and overall, we did a good job. Now, unfortunately, did not sweep the lock and dog picks, but we hit everything but the dog for the sake of our episode. Starting with the lock, we had two picks in the same match. We ended up taking Zverev team total over 12 and a half games at minus 120. That got there as Zverev did win in three. As for our dog, we had Safulin on the money line at plus 230. I was torn between the money line and the over two and a half sets at plus 150. Over two and a half sets got there, but we did think that Safulin was drastically mispriced. I thought he should have been closer to around plus 150, give or take. And Safulin definitely was mispriced because he could have won that match. He was up a set and a break, eventually lost in a war, but we thought that Safulin had the game to really make Zvera's life difficult, and he definitely proved it. I've mentioned several times in the past week, I think Safulin is easily a top 20 player in the world in terms of talent, and he should win several ATP titles at some point in his career. Still not there yet, but he's going to get there at some point. And I have no regrets about taking the plus 230. It was a value play, and it unfortunately fell short. But you could have hedged after he won the first set and gotten a pretty nice winner no matter what. But for the sake of our outrights, a reminder that even though Zverev did win and we were rooting for Safulin, we did have outrights, pre-tournament outrights on each player. So we did also win Zverev uh, outright at plus 160 to win that tournament. So... We did win an outright, but we had to fool in at a much higher price, a bigger price. So 
bit of a bittersweet win there, but we'll take it nonetheless. As for the other final, we ended up picking Kashanov on the money line at minus 145, and we also picked Kashanov over 12 and a half games in the team total, and that got there too. Kashanov had a war in the first set against Nishioka, won that one in a breaker, and then Nishioka completely ran out of gas, kind of hurt his knee there, and was not moving well after that. Kishanov realized made Nishioka run around the court, and Nishioka just couldn't do it. So you ended up seeing a lopsided 6-1 second set as Kishanov responded well in one of his first tournaments back from injury in route to a trophy. So overall, nice episode. We got basically everything right except for Safoul and Moneyline. And once again, we took it for the price, and we were right about our assessment. It just fell short. But the Safoul and Zverev match with the over 22.5 games, the over 2.5 sets, Safoul and plus 3.5, all that got there. The one thing that did not in the entire episode was the money line. So either way, good episode. Hopefully we'll keep it rolling here for the two events in Beijing and Astana. But now it is time to get into the actual preview for these events. I was looking for some news stories, didn't really see anything. So we're going to skip the news portion for the sake of this episode. Starting off with Beijing, and we're going to get into the history of this event. This is the uh, China Open. They've not had this event in a couple of years as it was. Uh, and it was not exactly been a thing since 2019. It ended up not happening in 2020, 2021, and 2022 because of COVID. So we are back in China for the first time in a couple of years. And to go through the actual winners in the past, team was the most recent winner against Tsitsipas. That kind of makes me sad. Uh, you had Basilashvili, who was a Cinderella story winner against Del Potro in the final in 2018. You had Nadal, who beat Kyrgios in 2017. Murray beat Dimitrov in 2016. And then you had Djokovic winning six of the seven years before that. So, yeah, you have seen a lot of really talented players, top five players, top three players in the world, win events because it is a 500. It's after the U.S. Open. This is one of the bigger events left for players in general, and that's why the elite always flock over to Beijing. Now, for the sake of the odds, once again, usual formula, going to do the quarter odds first and then use that information for the actual winner on the outrights. But starting off with the first quarter, you have Alcaraz at minus 225. You have Ruta plus 550. Harris at 9 to 1. Kashanov at 10 to 1. And then you have Musetti at 14 to 1. But to be honest, nobody else has a shot to actually win this quarter. So I'm not going to bother. Now, Alcaraz does have a pretty good draw in general. We've not seen him since the U.S. Open. And he lost in a pretty shocking upset to Medvedev. But it was shocking when Medvedev is still the third best player in the world. So he still gave it a pretty good run. Was a bit vulnerable on hard courts leading up to the U.S. Open. Was dropping sets left and right. But hopefully some time off allowed him to reset himself. And he'll be able to put his best foot forward. Facing off against Hoffman into the first round, then probably facing off against Kashanov. He's facing off against either Kashanov or Musetti. I'm assuming Kashanov will get that done. That is a pretty interesting round of 16 match there with Kashanov against Alcaraz. I am going to Alcaraz because of fatigue potential with uh, Kashanov, who had to go through an entire tournament into this tournament. So I do think Kashanov might look good in the first round, but I, I think that Alcaraz will beat him in the next round. Besides that, though, I think Harris could make it interesting against Rude, especially with how bad Rude's been this year, with the exception of the French Open final appearance. I think Harris might be live, but realistically, nobody's beating Alcaraz. I'm not picking Rude to beat Alcaraz. I'm not picking Harris to beat Alcaraz. We just saw Harris against Alcaraz in the U.S. Open. 
and Alcaraz won in straight sets. So I'm going with Alcaraz. I'm not going to pick anybody else. I don't really see anybody else of note. Maybe you can make a case for Kashanov, but the lack of stamina could be a concern. I'm not going to spend much time on this first quarter. Give me Alcaraz a minus 225. I'm not picking anybody to beat him, so I'm not picking anybody else. Now, moving on to the second quarter, you have Sinner at even money as the favorite. You have Dimitrov at 4-1. to one. You have Felix at 650. You have Rune at 8-1. to one. Evans at 12 to 1, Nishioka at 12 to 1, McDonald at 16 to 1, and Shang at 28 to 1. So overall, a pretty solid and well rounded quarter. I do think one of the favorites will win it, but Zhang being the longest shot there, not bad. That tells you how good the competition is. And I do think, first of all, with Nishioka getting somewhat injured or extremely fatigued in the second set of the final there against Kashanov. I am fading Nishioka. I don't trust his overall stamina, and I don't trust his overall fitness at this point. So I think for the sake of this tournament, I think he's going to lose to Shang, or he's going to simply put not show up. He probably will show up because of the prize money, since it is a 500. But if Shang beats Nishioka, I will not be surprised. So I'm not going to pick him. As for Dimitrov, he also made a decent run over the past week, as he ended up losing in the semi to Zverev, but he did look pretty good before that. McDonald in the first round, though, followed by Rune or Felix. Rune's been awful for the last couple of months. Felix has been bad for the entire year, but he went try-hard in the Labor Cup, and he looked decent in that event. So maybe Felix can look somewhat sharp for one event. We'll see. Pretty interesting overall quartet of players there with Rune, Felix, McDonald, and Dimitrov. I'm, at first glance, I think whoever wins the McDonald-Dimitrov match will win against Rune or Felix in the next round, but you're comparing the level of competition. Sinner does have Evans in the first round. Evans did not look good. Now, in Evans' defense, he did have to face off against Safulin immediately, and Safulin had a great run in that event, so it wasn't exactly a great matchup for Evans in the first round, but it's a similar story. Safulin has a lot of firepower. Sinner has even more firepower. I think Sinner's going to beat Evans, and then I think Sinner will be able to beat Shang or Nishioka because neither of them can serve. So I think that Sinner, once again, has a much easier path into the quarterfinal compared to everybody else here who has a shot to win the quarter. If I had to pick the actual matchup, I probably would end up leaning to Dimitrov, but I think Sinner's going to win this quarter. So give me Sinner at even money. If you want to take a flyer with somebody else, I'm not taking Dimitrov, so that's not going to happen. But I do think looking at... I, I don't know if I can take Felix either. Felix beat Monfi, who was half trying, who is not even a, I mean, technically a full-time player, but not really. He's also a dad at this point, so he doesn't exactly play much tennis or train as much as he used to. So that win by Felix doesn't mean anything to me at all. Rune has been a mess. I'm going with Sinner. I'm not picking a second guy. I think Sinner is good enough to beat Dimitrov as well. Give me Sinner at even money to win the second quarter and nobody else. For the third quarter, you have Zverev at plus 125. You have Fakina at 4-1. to one. You have Wolf at 8-1. to one. And then you have Schwartzman at 35-1 to one and an 100-1 to one long shot. It was no chance. Now, Zverev would be the easy pick if he did not have to go to three sets in basically every single match of the previous event in route to a title. So, Stamina might be a concern. However, his draw is so easy that I kind of have to pick him. So Zverev in the first round has Schwartzman, which is basically a bye in 2023, especially after Schwartzman retired in his last match 
against Bolt. So I don't trust Schwartzman's fitness, and I definitely don't trust his skills at this point. Zverev should bury him. I think he wins in straight sets. Now, Fakina can be interesting. He's against the Chinese wild card who he should breeze through, but Fakina is a wild card who can easily fall apart at any point. So that is going to be a bit interesting. You have a couple of other interesting options here. Uh, I'm actually short a couple of players in the third quarter because I see Arnaldi, who I don't see listed, and I don't see... Do I see Sitsipas? Do they change the drawings up? I, I think DraftKings might be a bit off uh, for the people listed here, unless there's news about uh, Pass withdrawing that I don't know about. Uh, but let me just quickly pull this up. I, sorry, I got to quickly look up some information because DraftKings is short a couple of players uh, so let me just see if he's available or if maybe another book has something there. Uh, let me check BetMGM really quickly. Apologies for the last second uh, researching, but it is a bit weird that they're missing a bunch of people in the quarter, which I have to look into. But I don't see any news about Pass missing this event. So, yeah, I just think that DraftKings potentially didn't list him, or maybe there was some uncertainty involving Pass's health that they didn't bother listing him. But let me just quickly see if there is any uh, alternative lines available for the sake of this event. So looking at the third quarter, uh, first of all, I do think Zverev should probably win the quarter. I know stamina could be a concern, but I have to at least point out that I think he is the best player in the best form in this overall field. Unfortunately, I do not see any other quarter odds. So I'm going to have to, I don't want to say disregard the odds that we have for the third quarter, but I have to at least point out that a lot of them are not here. So I don't know why that's the case. I'm not taking Sitsipas, simply put, because I think that his stamina and his overall fitness is a concern since he had to skip a couple of events because of injury. So I do think Jari might beat him in the first round. Probably not. Sitsipas should make it through, but I have questions about his overall durability and his level of play at the moment with him battling some injuries. So I do think I'm going to lean to Zverev as the favorite here. I'm going pretty chalky in this episode. I'm trying to think of anybody else who I would consider because I don't even have odds on Jari. So I don't know what I'm supposed to do with the sake of this since I don't have lines. I think for the third quarter, I'm just going to have to apologize and move on because DraftKings is just missing half the players in this overall quarter. So do I think Arnaldi and Wolf could be a fun match? Sure. Do I think either is going to win the quarter? No. I think I'll go with Zverev. I think if I had to pick somebody else, it might be Fakina, but he's too much of a head case for me. I can't trust him. I'm going to lean to Zverev at plus 125, but I'm probably not going to play it yet and hope that Zverev's odds go up once Sitsipas and everybody else are listed in the section. But besides that, I have to skip the third quarter. Sorry. And moving on to the fourth quarter, you have Medvedev as the favorite at plus 105. Rublev at plus 350. You have Dimenauer at plus 550. Nori at 11-1. Umber at 12-1. Paul at 14-1. Sonigo at 18-1. And Murray at 20-1. So once again, a pretty solid, well-rounded quarter. So to start off with... You have Paul against Medvedev in the first round, which is a really, really fun first-round match. Now, Medvedev is 1-0 in the head-to-head. They ended up facing off on clay in Roland Garros in 2021. Medvedev won in four. Does that mean anything? No. Now, Medvedev has not played since the U.S. Open final, while Paul has played, was not very good 
in the Davis Cup. So I do think looking at the current form, this should be a fun match, but I do think Medvedev's serve will be the main difference here. And the fact that Paul is a pretty underrated volleyer, but he doesn't use it enough. I think if Paul was committed to the serve and volley tactic, he would make life interesting for Medvedev. But I do think Paul's going to be stubborn, or maybe he's going to be using servant volley, but not as much as he should. Medvedev should beat him. So I do think that Tommy Paul is interesting at 14 to 1 until you realize he's playing against Medvedev in the first round. And suddenly you are a lot less interested in that proposition. I think for the sake of this section, Medvedev should win it. But I do think there's value on Rublev, who's on the other side of the bracket. He's against Nori in the first round. You know, I'm not a Nori guy. So I think Rublev should win that. Then either Umber or Sonigo, Rublev is better than those two guys. And you have Dimonauer against Murray in the first round, which Dimonauer should win based on current form and the fact that Murray ended up getting a pretty rough draw here because Dimonauer is currently 5-0, 4-0 if you, if you do not include a walkover back in 2018. Murray has never beaten him. So I do think that being 4-0 against a post-prime Murray tells you Dimonauer should win. And Dimonauer has had some success against Medvedev so far this season. Now, Medvedev did get revenge in the U.S. Open as he won four sets. But Dimonauer at 550, I think, is a pretty solid number there for a guy who has had some good numbers against Medvedev this season. I'm going to go with Medvedev. I'm going to lean to Rublev as well at plus 350. And I will also throw in a light sprinkle on a Dimonauer. Who I, do, who I think has the game to beat Medvedev. Paul's interesting at 14-1, to 1, but I'm not picking him. I don't think he's going to beat Medvedev in the first round, so I am going to ignore him. So once again, my overall picks are pretty chalky. I'm going with Alcaraz to win the first quarter. You have Sinner to win the second quarter. You have Zverev to win the third quarter, but the third quarter is kind of incomplete because I'm missing a bunch of players. So put an asterisk by Zverev. And for the fourth quarter, I'm going to go with Medvedev at plus 105, Rublev at 350, and a little bit of a small play there on Dimonauer at 550. That's going to do it for the actual quarters for Beijing. Now it's time for the actual outright winner. Now Alcaraz is the favorite at plus 140. Uh, Medvedev is plus 350. Sinner is 550. You have Zverev at 10 to 1. Uh, sit, this is very weird. Sissipas is listed for the outright winner, but not listed in the quarter. This is very weird. Anyway, Sissipas is 14 to 1, Rublev's 14 to 1, Rude is 22 to 1, Dimitrov's 28 to 1, and Dimonauer is 30 to 1. For the sake of the outright, I got to pick Alcaraz, simply put, best player here. Uh, Medvedev did beat him in the US Open, but I do think that Alcaraz beats Medvedev seven times out of 10. So I am going to go with Alcaraz here. Medvedev, I will not pick. I think his quarter is too difficult. I think anytime you have Paul in the first round, followed by Dimonauer, who's been successful against you, and then Rublev later on. I know Medvedev has owned Rublev historically, but that's a pretty tough gauntlet, and that's before getting into a potential matchup against the likes of Sinner or Alcaraz. That's too much for me. So I'm going to skip Medvedev. I do not like his overall draw. Sinner's interesting at 550. I think I will take Sinner. I think, once again, based on his form, he is a very, very solid player who has given Alcaraz problems in the past. He's one of Alcaraz's biggest rivals. And looking at the overall uh, path that Sinner has, it is quite favorable. He has a matchup against Evans. Once again, he should win. Uh, Shang and Nishioka should win. Then either Dimitrov, McDonald, Rune, or Felix, he should win that one. 
and then he has a matchup against Alcaraz in the semis, and we know that those matches are very, very fun and very, very close, I am going to take Sinner at 550. I think he has the ability to get the job done. So those are going to be my main two options in terms of uh, favorites. Besides that, maybe a small lean on Rublev at 14 to 1. If Medvedev does lose early, then I do think Rublev has a shot. Zverev, I'm not taking. I think 10 to 1, once again, in that quarter with the fatigue, I think there's no value on that. Sissy Paz is battling for an injury that he's coming back from, so I'm not interested in that either. I think those are going to be my main two. Alcaraz at 140 and Sinner at 550. If you want a long shot, I think my long shot would be Dimenauer, and you could currently find that price at a pretty high number. Uh, Dimenauer is at 30 to 1. Uh, shopping around to see if I can find a better line. Dimenauer, I found, yeah, 30 to 1 is the best line. That will be my long shot. For the sake of this event, I think that Alcaraz or Medvedev or uh, Sinner win. But I'm not picking Medvedev because I don't think there's value at plus 350. But that's going to do it for the actual tournament in Beijing. Now it's time to get into the tournament in Astana. So starting off with the history, you had a couple of... Uh, it actually has been running for the last couple of years. So you had no time off. You had Djokovic winning last year against Tsitsipas. You had Kwan beating Duckworth in 2021. And you had Milman beating Manorino in 2020. Bit of a weird type of transition for Astana because it was a 250 in 2020 and 2021. Then it was a 500 in 2022. I'm assuming because China didn't exactly have ATP events last year, so they promoted Astana to a 500, and now it's back to a 250. So it had a one-year promotion period, then it got relegated again back to being a 250. So to go through the overall, uh, I'd say, hit overall, uh, sorry, odds here, for the quarters in Astana. To start off with the first quarter, you have Korda as the favorite at plus 160, Greek Spore at plus 190, your Borges at 500, who won a war against Kakushkin. Uh, that went three sets. But Pyron at 9 to 1, your Baina at 11 to 1, and a relative unknown Japanese player at 12 to 1, Shimabakura. And I believe he was the one who lost to Gaston in the first round of the U.S. Open. Either way, for the sake of this quarter, for me, I'm going to really not spend much time on this. I don't trust Korda at all. And I do think looking at these odds, the wrong guy's favorite to win the quarter. Greek Spore should easily be the favorite to win this quarter, and he will be my pick. Korda, even if you do like him on hard court, face off against Papyrin in the first round, that is not an easy first-round match. Greek Spore, for comparison, has a bye, followed by the winner of Shimabukuro and Baina. And we know that Baina is definitely not a, not a hardcore player. He's a clay specialist. Greek Spore has the much easier draw. Now, Borges isn't great by any means, but even if Korda does beat Papyrin, Borges does have an extra day of rest because he beat Kakushkin on Wednesday morning. So that is an advantage for Borges. Would he beat Korda? No. But I do think looking at this overall section, the wrong guy is favored. There's a lot of value on Greek Spore. That's one of my favorite plays in either tournament to win the quarter. Plus 190 is a great deal for a guy that's won multiple ATP events so far this year. Give me Greek Spore plus 190 as my pick there for the first quarter. Moving on to the second quarter. Oh, by the way, I do think that Korda should face off against Greek Spore at uh, 160, but I do think for value, Papyron at 9-1 to one is a pretty good deal, because I do think he can beat Korda. 
I'll take a sprinkle on that, actually. 9-1, to one, Papyron, I think, is a good player, and I do think he can beat Corda, who's a head case. Uh, let me look at the head-to-head quickly to see if there is any historical uh, data involving Papyron against Corda. To go through the numbers historically, they have never faced off. So there is nothing. Actually, no, there is one. They faced off on carpet back in 2020. I'm sure you've not heard carpet as a surface for a while, but that doesn't mean anything. So no, no historical data whatsoever. But I will take a flyer on Papyron, who I think has the game to beat Corda and maybe make a run. But I do think looking at this overall uh, quarter, my favorite play is easily Greek Spore. And moving on to the second quarter, you have Laheshka as the favorite at plus 140. You have Majedovic as the second choice at plus 200, who had a nice win in a set in a quarter against Dejir, who retired from injury. You have Shevchenko, who won in straight sets against uh, Dezanshulp at plus 350. You have at 9 to at 9-1, and a relative unknown, uh, Gerasimov at 16-1, to who is mostly a challenger-level player who has no chance of winning this quarter. Now, Laheshka should be the favorite. I've mentioned a couple of times I will not pick him again to win an event because I don't trust his overall mental toughness. However, he does get to those spots, and his draw is very, very easy. He has a buy in the first round, followed by either Gerasimov or Zapata Marias. Laheshka should roll through either guy, and then he faced off against either Majedovic or Shevchenko. That is actually a tough match to call. I think that when you're looking at who I would pick between them, I probably would lean to Majedovic. They faced off in 2020 on hard court. Majedovic did win in straight sets. Doesn't mean anything because it was three years ago, but I do like Majedovic's overall firepower, and I do think that he is the projected favorite in that matchup because Majedovic is plus 200 to win the quarter and Shevchenko is plus 350. So Majedovic would be the favorite if they were facing off. I think I'm going to go with relative chalk. I think that Laheshka should win the quarter, but I think Majedovic would be my pick if I had to pick somebody else. So give me those two, plus 140 on Laheshka and plus 200 for Majedovic. Moving on to the third quarter, you have Bublik at plus 210. You have Warenka at plus 330. Team at plus 350. Fuksovic's at 5-1. Giron at 8-1. Ofner at 12-1. And Varias as is at 18-1. Pretty good quarter. Now, Bublik once again is a head case. However, it is in his home country of Kazakhstan, so I am wondering if he's going to actually try. The key word is wonder, because I have no idea what goes through his head the entire time. So looking at the actual draw of these players, while Ranka does have a matchup against Giron in the first round, which is not easy. I do think that while Ranka should win it, because he has the firepower and he has been in good form so far in the past couple of months. But Giron is not an easy player to play against. I would lean to Warenka, though, if I had to pick. Now, you're looking at Varias against Team. Team has not played for a while, but I think Team should win that one. But I know Team's past his prime. Team does well in the first round of events because he has time off beforehand, and then he falls apart when he has to start playing matches on back-to-back days. As for Fuksovics and Offner. I think Fuksovic should win that one. Fuksovic is the better player. He's the more fundamentally sound player. And I do think that he should be able to get it done. So I think that once again, Fuksovic could be live to upset Bublik. That is not an easy match in the second round, especially with Fuksovic being a pretty fundamentally sound player and Bublik rolling over anytime things get difficult. But I think looking at the actual value for this quarter, I think I'm going to trust my instincts here. It tells you a lot that Bublik is the favorite at plus 210. 
210 being a favorite tells you anybody could win this. Give me Warenka at plus 330 based on his form. I liked what I saw in the U.S. Open, and I do think that he's capable of potentially making a somewhat respectable run. We saw him make the final in Umag, which he probably should have won before losing to Papyrin. But the point is he has been in good form for the last month and change. Give me Warenka at plus 330, and give me Fuksovic at 5-1. to one. I like his overall talent. I do think he can upset Bublik. Bublik will probably try, since it is in Kazakhstan, but the double faults will still be there. He's still a head case, and you never know. Those will be my two picks. If Bublik wins the quarter, would I be shocked? No, but I can't trust him, especially at a favorite price to win a quarter. I can't take that. So give me Warenka and give me Fuksovics. And for the fourth quarter, you have Baez at plus 225. You have Manorino at plus 250. You have Rinderknich at plus 500. You have Bereri at 5-1. to one. Mutet at 6-1. to one. And then you have a couple of long shots who have no chance of winning beyond that. This is the French quarter because you have four French guys and they have a great chance to win the quarter. Now, to go through the actual draw here, Baez is the favorite for good reason because he has a bye and then he faces off against either Barreri or Rodionov. Now, Barreri is a pretty decent hardcore player, but Baez was randomly in really good hardcore form in the last couple of weeks leading up to the U.S. Open and then including the U.S. Open. So I do think I am going to go with Baez because I do like his overall path having a pretty easy match post bye. Meanwhile, you have Manorino against Rinderknecht and then the winner probably faced off against Mutet. If I had to pick between any of those guys, I would pick Manorino because Manorino's style of play is so unorthodox, and Manorino did beat Rinderknich 6-3-6-3 on a hard court back in 2022. So I think my two picks are pretty simple here. Give me Baez at plus 225 and give me Manorino at plus 250. I think one of them will win this quarter. So once again, my overall picks for the quarters, I have Greek Spore at plus 190 and Papyrin at 9-1 to one as a sprinkle. In the first quarter, I have Laheshka at plus 140 and Majedovic in the second quarter. Uh, uh, Laheshka is plus 140, Majedovic is 2-1. to one. Third quarter, I have Warenka at plus 330, and I have Fuksovics at 5-1. to one. And the fourth quarter, I have Baez plus 225 and Manorino at plus 250. As for the actual winner of the event, I got to start off with my favorite play. I have to give out Greek Spore at 9-1. to 9-1 to one is a tremendous deal for a guy that's won two separate events this season. He's a solid player, Greek Spore. I said a second ago, I think that I said earlier in the podcast, I mean, that I think Safulin is the most underrated player on tour. Greek Spore's up there. Greek Spore is a hell of a player, and he gets no respect. I do think that looking at 9-1, to one, it's a very appealing line. I will definitely give him out. Now, Aranka, I once again am picking him to win the quarter because I have questions about the quarter. I don't trust his overall durability for the sake of a full event, so I am not going to pick Waranka. As for the other options, I find it very, very weird. In fact, it doesn't make any sense. DraftKings has been drunk on odds the entire day. How is Baez the favorite to win the quarter, but Manorino is cheaper to win the entire tournament? How does that make any sense? Manorino is 8-1 to one to win the quarter. 8-1. to one. Baez is favored to win the same quarter. And he's 14 to 1 to win the event. I got to give out bias. 14 to 1 is crazy compared to Manorino. I can't, that, those odds make no sense. For principle, I got to give out bias at 14 to 1. Besides that, I don't really see much. I once again can understand if Laheshka 
Leshka, I'm not picking because I, I can't handle Leshka anymore to win events. I can't do it. So Leshka, I'm going to pass on. Plus, Baez owned him in that final a couple of months ago when he had to play a three-set marathon and Leshka had a walkover and Leshka still couldn't win a set against him. So I'm not picking him. Bublik, I think, has a shot, but he's too unpredictable. I can't pick him. I would pick Manorino if his odds were better. I'm going to have to shop around and see if I could find better lines because that is an insane price at 8-1 to one when he is an, he's not even favored to win his own quarter. That's a bit nuts to me. But to go through the odds here for uh, the other books, I see the same thing. I think these odds are off. Now, BetMGM does have Greek Spore at plus 700. So there is value looking at DraftKings for Greek Spore to win this event. And I think he's actually going to win the event. I feel pretty good about it. So I am going to take Greek Spore as my favorite play by far. That might be like a full unit play there. I think that's a really, really off misprice. And I'm going to capitalize on it. But I think my two picks here are going to be on Greek Spore plus 900 and Baez at 14 to 1. Manorino would be my third pick, but 8 to 1 has no value at all that I have to skip it. So. That's my two picks on Astana. That's going to wrap it up for the actual outrights for both Beijing and Astana. Now it's time for the lock and all picks for matches. But before we get into any of that, got to take a quick word from our sponsor. We're brought to you by Game Time. I don't know about all of you, but I love attending sporting events in person. It used to be very difficult to actually find the platform that made buying tickets easy until I found the Game Time app. Because Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all these sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. Personally, my favorite feature on the app is the images of seat views. Because in the past, when you used to buy tickets, you used to kind of be taking a leap of faith in order to get tickets that you think were going to be good. But maybe you ended up with an obstructed view and you realized you wasted money once you got to the event. It's not the case with game time because with the images of seat use feature, it'll show you the exact view you'll get when you purchase the ticket. So that way, you know, for a fact that you will be getting the view that you wanted. On top of that, Game Time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget plenty of months in advance. Game Time has, has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And the Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Sign tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code CFBX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code CFBX for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog has a way to play alongside your favorite football team all season long. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going 5 for 5. From now until October 4th, Underdog is matching 100% of the first deposits up to $500. Plus, there's also $100,000 Sundays, which continue on Underdog Fantasy. Total of $2 million in prizes all season long, $100,000 in prizes this week, $10,000 of 10 people this week, new sweepstakes every week of the NFL season. And you should definitely watch along and make picks and maybe make a little money over Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. And when you sign up with the promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit up to $500. It's so Underdog, promo code SGPN. We're also brought to you by VEASAN. Sign up now and save 40% off their football season special when you use the promo code SGP, VEASAN.com slash subscribe promo code SGP. Sean Reiner in a contest going head-to-head -head with other VEASAN shows to see who sells the most subscriptions. The winning show 
gets a $1,000 Super Bowl future. The best part is Sean and Ryan are going to cut you in on the prize if they win. Step one, go to vcin.com slash subscribe and use promo code SGP to sign up. And step two is to go to sportscampodcast.com slash vcin to submit your proof of purchase. If they win, you'll get a vote on what team to use the $1,000 Super Bowl future on. And if it hits, you'll get an equal piece of the action. So go to vcin.com slash subscribe, use promo code SGP, then sportscampodcast.com slash vcin to submit. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, MLB, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bets' revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join a over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. Just finished previewing the two tournaments coming up from an outright perspective in Beijing and Astana. Now it's time to get into the actual lock and all picks for some matches. Starting off with the lock for the show, I am actually going to go to two matches in Beijing. And coincidentally, they are two guys that played against each other in the Zuhai final. The first match is going to be between Kashanov and Musetti. And for my lock, I am going to go with Kashanov minus one and a half games at minus 120. I know that in the past I have been critical of backing guys who just made it to finals and had to play a lot of tennis. However, the amount of time off in between matches actually does Kashanov a favor because he played on Tuesday morning and he's off until Thursday morning. So he has two days off which I definitely think should pay some dividends. But Musetti also had a pretty deep run last week as he made it to the semis before losing to Safulin. So both guys played a lot of tennis, and Kashanov actually had a pretty easy path. Only dropped one set in his four matches, beat Corden straight sets and Nishioka in straight sets in his final two matches in Zuhai. So I do like his overall form. He's the much better hardcore player in comparison. Musetti's not a good server, and Kashanov does have a lot of firepower which can make Musetti play off the back foot. But it's mostly based on Musetti really not having a great serve, not being a great hardcore player. And Musetti, even in the past tournament that he was in, really didn't beat anybody. In Shangdu, he ended up beating uh, Sekulic in three sets, who's a relative unknown, beat Rinderknich, who's fine, and then got buried by Safulin. So I don't think Musetti beat many guys of extreme note in Chengdu, and now he's got a really talented hardcore player who makes a bunch of Grand Slam semis and hardcourts. It's just a talent mismatch. Simply put, give me Kashanov minus one and a half games at minus 120. I don't even mind the uh, straight sets there for Kashanov. I think there might be some value on that too. But give me minus one and a half games at minus 120 is my lock. And for my dog, I am going to go to the Nishioka and Shang match. Give me Shang money one at plus 137. Now, it might seem a bit hypocritical because I am ignoring the rest disadvantage for Kashanov, and I'm using it for fading Nishioka. But the reason why I am doing that is because Kashanov was fully healthy at the end of that event. I cannot say the same about Nishioka, because Nishioka in that second set in the final could not move. He was constantly hunched over, grabbing his leg, and I do question if he is fully fit for this matchup. And he's going to need to be, because Shang and Nishioka 
pretty similar stylistically. They are two undersized players who are really good at rallying, who possess some underrated firepower. And I do think with the overall skill that Shang possesses for a teenager against what could be a compromised player, I think there's a lot of value at plus 137. But in the past, I have faded injured players before, and we have done well doing that. Give me Shang Moneyline at plus 137 as my dog. So once again, the lock it up picks for the show. The lock is going to be on Kashanov. Minus one nav games at minus 120 against Musetti. And the dog will be Shang Moneyline at plus 137 against Nishioka. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Tennis Gambling Podcast. We'll be back once again later in the week, probably for the semis of both events. But until next time, find me on Twitter at Show Radio. Find me on a bunch of other podcasts of the network. Find me on the WNBA show, the NBA show, the NFL show, the MLB show. You get the point. Until next time, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.